I'm always running late. I'm better. I'm much better. But I'm often running late. And I come by it honestly. That's my story at least. Runs in the family. Some of that's apocryphal. Some of it is wonderful. And then there are some tragedies in my family history because of being late. But what I've learned, A, is to call and say, I'm running late. Thank goodness for cell phones. But what I've experienced, being a late person, and I don't know that I'm in good company here. (laughs) And I also appreciate all the teachers who show me how to show up early and how that's not a terrible thing. But I experience grace in all the times I'm running late, didn't get to call, screwed up my calendar, whatever, and someone says, that's okay. That's fine. We'll do whatever we need to do because now you're here. I don't want to live my life that way, but on the other hand, I do get to experience someone offering me grace, cutting me slack. Let's put it that way. And the converse of that is I'm incredibly patient if you are late or stand me up. And I've learned to take those moments as a gift rather than going, where are they? In fact, have you ever had that experience where you're kind of hyperventilating because you realize your day is just going to be cram-packed? And then for some reason... A couple of things fall away. Someone say, I can't make it. It's, we get ice. We can't drive places. And all of a sudden, you're given the luxury of free time or time to get something done. It's grace. That's our monthly theme, if you haven't gotten it just yet. And I think there are many ways to talk about grace for us today. I'd like to talk about grace as, and Diane was naming it, as an unexpected gift, unbidden generosity. And I, too, don't like the word deserve put in there because I think everyone does deserve grace. I believe we're all capable of learning and changing, hence that second reading about a lawyer who sees all those who are really trapped in in their own private hell and hence the legal system. And she believes they are capable of changing. And some of that may come from support and unbidden help. It's not a word I use a lot. And that may be because it's It's a little churchy. And it does have in the Judeo-Christian traditions a connection to God. There is an assumption that God is the one that bestows grace. And I'm not saying that's wrong or bad. I'm just saying for me today, we're going to talk about it in 
a different way. But we're still going to talk about Christianity. There's a, there's a theologian, um, the middle of the last century, German, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he talked about grace as cheap grace. Because he felt like you really had to work to gain grace. And the kind of work he was talking about was serious, sincere, spiritual work within the Christian tradition. You had to show up at church. You had to take communion. You had to say your prayers. And I thought, well, wait. Grace is really something that you don't do to make it happen. So I, I disagree with Bonhoeffer. But, but there's things about his theories that I want to keep. So if you think grace comes from some other source, let's hold on to that. Let's hold on to the fact that grace might be relational. Relational in the sense that we talk about a web of life. We who have scientists in our midst talk about certain kinds of energy that the universe provides. So we're actually taking advantage of that relation all the time. So Bonhoeffer has that right. There's something relational. And it comes unbidden. And there is a piece of what he says about work. You do have to work, but I'm going to claim that today the work we have to do is to notice the grace, to notice all the times The world provides for you, your friend provides for you, your child provides for you. A kind word, the congregation. You all have been so graceful to me this week. Outpourings of love came unbidden. What I want to discard of Bonhoeffer's is that he has this certainty about where grace comes from. I can't buy that certainty. I'm too agnostic. I'm not sure. And then there's a piece of Bonhoeffer's theory that grace is transformative. And I think that's spot on. So all those people who were kind to me when I was late have helped me see the other side of that equation and be a better person and provide grace. It's actually like a baton, something you can hand off. They didn't name it in the children's story, but that's all about pay it forward. All about pay it forward. So if you doubt that you have grace in your life or if you're struggling, I want us all to, what I'd love to do is hand out paper and pencil. But picture in your mind your own personal timeline of your life. And I want you to think about all the turning points in your life. Just think of two or three major ones. Transformative, those moments. And some of them may be delicious and delightful and fabulous, and some of them may be, well, this happened to me, and now I'm who I am today, but if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here now. But they all contain elements of grace 
even the really dark negative ones. I'm beginning to think that unless we do the hard work of noticing grace, that it's more like a rear view mirror. You can see grace better in the past. Something awful is going on and it's impossible to see that any good will come of this. But in the rear view mirror, oh right, if that hadn't happened to me, if I hadn't made that choice, things wouldn't be like they are today. And so in your personal timeline, one that we all share is we were born. I know that sounds trite, but on the other hand, what a big deal. We're all here today now. In Buddhism, they call it precious human birth, precious being grace. And if you're really good at looking in the back, in the history and in the past, you can go, oh, yes, I was born, but wait, 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 wait. There were a whole bunch of turning points and graceful moments. My parents wouldn't have met if they hadn't done this. Their grandparents wouldn't have met if they did that. That it's just ongoing, over and over. And we participate in it. We benefit from it. We got to get up this morning. Dang, if that isn't grace, I don't know what isn't. And I don't mean to be Pollyanna-ish about it, because there are days when getting up is almost impossible. And it's hard to appreciate that you have grace. Depressed. Every body, every joint in your body aches. It's miserable out, whatever. But this next breath we take is grace. And the blink of our eyes is grace. So I live, we don't use this word in Tulsa much, but I commute to Hope Church. My theory about Tulsa, it really takes about 15 minutes to get anywhere, which is absolutely fabulous about our town. But it takes me about 25 minutes to get from my house to here, because now that Riverside is open, heck yes, I'm going to take that. I get to see the river and everyone on the trails. But when I take that route, and really there aren't any good expressways, when I take that route, there are 17 stoplights. And I don't think ever have they all been green each time I go. There's always a red one. But if you want to talk about simple grace, maybe a way to think about it is those moments in your life when you get a green light. And then you get a whole string of them. And man, isn't that fine? And to go back to the beginning, then I'm not so late. How to leave enough, enough time in case I get all red ones. So we're pleased with ourselves. We've hit these green lights. It's absolutely wonderful. We've had grace. Except all those cars coming the other way, they don't get the green light. They're having to stop. Which is why I have struggles with the notion that, that grace comes from God just for you. Because that's the kind of equation of you gain, I lose. 
So we always have to be aware of the ways that we count grace, count the unbidden gifts, and use that as a moment of compassion to consider those who may not have been born the way we were born, may not have the resources we have, may not get many green lights. There is a, um, well, grace. Gracias. Grazie. Grazie. It is connected with thankfulness, gratitude, which is why paying attention to grace, I would call it a spiritual practice. And I use those stoplights to either notice those who are going on their way, and I kind of go, yes, get where you're going, yes. Or I get to go and say, thanks, thanks for stopping for me so I can go. In the Buddhist tradition, um, one of their classic texts, first hundred century before the common era, is called the Lotus Sutra classic. And in it is this great story. So the, the Lotus Sutra is, a lot of it is um, a recording of the Buddhist teachings, and you always imagine him surrounded by, disciples isn't the right word, the word is arahat, which means enlightened. So he's teaching to his students and pupils. And one of the stories Supposedly, the students tell the Buddha a story in a way thanking him for his teachings. And the story goes like this. There's someone who is poor, destitute, and runs into a dear, dear friend who is wealthy and doing well. And that friend says, oh, please come over. Please share a meal with me. So the two go to the wealthy mansion, castle, whatever, and they feast and drink. And the one who is destitute, not quite so used to the bounty and the alcohol, reportedly falls asleep. It's a lot like the chili cook off. (laughs) Too much bounty. So while his friend is asleep, what the wealthy friend does is takes a jewel and sews it into the lining of the person's robe, but doesn't tell him. This is an interesting part of the story. Doesn't bother to tell him and has to go on his way to do something else. So the person wakes up, doesn't know anything has changed. All seems the same, and he goes out and lives his life and it continues to be hard and filled with poverty and hunger and trouble finding a place to live until he runs into his friend again who is astonished that his friend is still in the same condition. He says, "Ah, I can't believe that you're still struggling. How come? Isn't that obvious? He says, well, I sewed a jewel in your coat. And sure enough, 
he finds the jewel, and from that point forward is no longer hungry. So how much is grace like? We don't recognize all the ways that grace comes to us, or all the seeds we may have planted that don't get come to fruition until much, much later, or all those tragedies in the past of our lives that actually turned out to be jewels in our coats, transformative, changing us. So what I like about grace is it is a reminder, this relational thing, that we are connected to the universe and dag nabbit, we don't get to control the universe. We are not in control. The amount of control we have is minuscule. But grace is part of that peace that we're not in control of. And if we aren't noticing all the green lights that we're getting, we're missing a whole lot of life. The other part of, sh- of grace is it, it disrupts shame and that notion of, I'm not worthy hogwash grace is available to everyone all the time and our job is to pay much closer attention to all the ways you're given these unbidden gifts of love an extra hour in your day someone who holds the door for you or the really big ones Someone loved me for many, many, many years and made sure I had food and clothing and didn't bleed or burn up so that I can stand here today. And I think grace disrupts something that I'm bad at, and I've experienced it with many of you. We are terrible at receiving gifts. I'd much rather give you a gift. I'd much rather help you take care of you. You want to help me? No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. We have to practice receiving. We don't do it well. And the more I age, the more I know I have to receive help. Receive grace. Receive someone fixing my phone. Receive someone removing the virus from my computer bringing me a meal when I'm sick. So my wish for us is that you keep in mind those two things, that you have jewels in your coats that you don't even know you have. And that you start paying attention to every single green light Whatever you want to call green light in your life, or you can use the traffic lights here because we're all driving around and they're useful. And just notice when you get the grace of a green light and notice when someone else gets the grace. And can you turn that into grace? Oh, good, I can sit here for a second. I don't have to rush. I'll get there when I get there. May you all see the grace that you give each other, and that comes unbidden. May it be so.